There you are. Hey. Oh there we go. That is awesome. How are you doing, Brian? Doing good. You? I'm doing good. I'm excited to talk to you about some stuff, Brian. Okay. <laughs> so get ready. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> yeah, no pressure at all. My cat wants to say hi to you. Oh, What's up, cat? What's your cat's name? <laughs> uh, B. B. Like B. Arthur. B. Oh, nice. Can we interview the cat too? I'm sure yeah, she's gone. Uh, my <laughs> shitty cat will be around soon enough. <laughs> do you want to do an introduction? Yeah, let's let's do an introduction. Um, Today, we are talking to Brian James Snedler, um, and he is, uh, well, currently, he is uh, with three groups. Uh, one of them, at least, is a solo project, uh, Endless Reach, and also he's in Hive Bodies and Lung Crutcher, but I've known Brian, I think the first time that I met you, Brian, was probably when you first fronted Trendy Bastard. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if I met you before then or not. I can't recall. But I do know that we kind of ran around in some of the same circles. So right. it's very possible. Um, he's also been in Upon the Death Horse, Kirchha, and uh, Wax Moth, and Wax mm -hmm. Blood as well? Yeah. Okay. I don't remember Wax Blood, but so I remember Wax Moth. Wax Blood was basically like Eric and Brian of the Seath and drew bissell and i think kevin hansen we it was just like an imp improv noise set that we would do every once in a while and we called it wax blood oh okay nice. yeah i don't recall that at all that's cool though <laughs> um and uh so yeah brian is uh we're gonna talk to brian about uh uh a bunch of his projects and probably get into some other stuff oh by the way i forgot to say i'm dan Oh, yeah, right. And I'm Eric. Hi, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 everybody. And uh, this is the Accelerative for Us podcast. Mm -hmm. I forgot to even say that. But anyway, um, so Brian, uh, would you like to maybe talk a little bit about like your uh, projects that you're in currently? Um, I know Endless Reach is a synth solo based project. Uh, which we uh, had the pleasure of listening to and reviewing a couple episodes back. Uh, but uh, I'm, I know I'm totally unfamiliar with Lung Crusher. And if I'm not mistaken, Hive Bodies is the one that you're in with Chris Thompson, who was also in Trendy Bastard. Uh, no, uh, Hive Bodies is with Brian Barr, Danny Barr, and Eric Ford of Morphine Dream. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, it started out as just Brian and I doing like, like drone, like ambient drone with our just guitar, and then it kind of branched off. We added Danny and Eric, mm -hmm. um, and then Lung Crushers with Chris Thompson, which was of Trinity Bastard and Nate Resonator of Heavy Heavyweight. Mm -hmm. Cool. And that's right. that's kind of in the early stages. We're just kind of just jamming right now, but it's. Sure. Kind of experimental. So you started in Trendy Bastard. Was that the first band you were in then? Yes. Okay. 
and uh, and then upon the death horse, which was kind of more of a trendy bastard for those of you who don't know, had a uh, Corey from Closet Witch in it, um, and uh, that was kind of like a grind or a power violence type thing, um, mm-hmm. I guess be the best way to describe it. And then upon the death horse was kind of more ambient drone type stuff. Wax Moth was kind of hardcore metal type stuff and whatnot. But this new project, Endless Reach, is something completely different, which um, is, uh, like I said, you know, it it blows my mind because it's like, you know, synth music, cinematic synth uh, music. Uh, What led you to uh, compose music on a synthesizer? Um, well, it's kind of something I've always been interested in. Um, even when I was in Trinity Bastard, I, I would just love like horror movies. And then I started getting really into like the silent films. And with Death Horse, it would start out with me just playing acoustic. And like some of the stuff that I was coming up with just kind of sounded like it would fit really well in a horror film. And then I started incorporating the uh, projector behind me and stuff like that with horror films. And it's just kind of spiraled into that. Just, it's something that I've always wanted to do is just make sounds for horror films. Um, and then with the pandemic hit, like, you know, we couldn't get together and practice with the other bands. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to start something, doing stuff on my own again. And it, that's just kind of how it started. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, I listened to um, volume two over the holiday weekend. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's funny to listen to summer or listen to it during the summer and you know like it's it's nice out i was at a lake you know a serene experience <laughs> so actually it worked it did work really well in at some points but i really enjoyed it and of course i enjoyed the volume one i kind of went off a little bit about it but it's it's just really good i mean and Thanks, like man. i said before it was like it's it's a kind of music that's so easy to blow it you know it's so easy to make shitty decisions you know (laughs) and that's what i really like about it is it doesn't go to those places that automatically make me turn it off it doesn't it derives um sort of its um strength from its atmosphere and you kind of let that live and breathe and that's cool like most people would put in you know heavy distortion or screaming or like something like that but you just kind of let it live on its own as if it were score music and i think that's a huge thing you know and so i've really enjoyed it and you sent me a kind of a gear list that you used on it when we did the first review and i thought that was so cool we may have we we may have to get into that i don't know like (laughs) uh last week we interviewed um gabby vanek who's a bassoonist and her pedal boards are like insane and uh we kind of just straight up forgot to talk about gear but <laughs> i don't know <laughs> like i enjoy it i don't know if the listeners do and so like but we'll get into it a little i'm sure so yeah yeah, yeah it's great I'd, stuff i'd like to listen to what what she does that sounds very interesting it's cool it really yeah, is pretty brutal stuff yeah Especially and it's all soon <laughs> the most interesting thing that i found about the interview with her definitely was her history uh as a metalhead uh and how nice. sort of connected to the bassoon situation which i thought was just yeah. awesome it was cool 
Yeah. Um, I do have a question about your inspiration for, uh, well, the inspiration for the types of sounds you're, you're making with mm-hmm. Endless Reach. So it's kind of a cool combination too of like, I would say there's some synth wave elements to it, you know, like John Carpenter kind of stuff, right. but it doesn't live there necessarily. So there's a lot of um, darker elements to it too. What do you view horror movies? I also love just love horror movies, but um, do you, I often look at them as like two separate groups, like on one level, Return of the Living Dead is my favorite horror movie. You know what I'm okay. saying? But it's also goofy as hell. You know? <laughs> so the, the, then there's other horror movies that are super dark and slow and creepy. And I really like mm-hmm. those too, but I sort of think of them as different things. And I don't know. I just wondered like what kind of movies have influenced Endless Reach as far as their score goes? Um, I would say like definitely... Like you, like you said, John Carpenter. Um, I think my favorite horror soundtracks is Christine. Oh, me too. Like, you ever, oh, yeah. that, but yes. it's it's amazing. Like, the Christine synth sound it just yes. shoots right through your backbone. It just yeah. gives you chills, and that's a great, great sound score, a score and soundtrack. Yeah, right. Yeah, and like John Carpenter is like a big influence mm-hmm. too, obviously not to get too far off track, but I met him one year and like, oh, wow. I could not get, not talk at all when I met him. <laughs> I like completely froze. And he said, the only thing he said to me was like, it's going to be okay. What a swell guy. So his yeah. world, world view in real life is slightly different than his world view in his movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never get the sense that it's going to be okay in a John Carpenter yeah. movie. Oh, that's awesome. Like, walking away, I'm like, damn it, you screwed it up. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about They Live. but I, now, I did, did you know you were going to meet him? Or was it a totally unexpected encounter? Oh, it was at Comic-Con. Oh, cool. okay. So you, yeah. you you went there probably with like that agenda, sort of like, oh, I'm going to meet John Carpenter. Did you yeah. have anything planned beforehand that you wanted to say to John Carpenter and then just <laughs> completely froze and was just like, fuck, I got nothing? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to talk to him about working with Rowdy Piper. At <laughs> they <do. laughs> Dude, that's that would be the greatest. I would love to hear his uh, take on that. Yeah, sure. So yeah, he's also but, in uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown. Is that right? Yeah. I don't know what else Roddy Piper is in, though. Like everyone, it's always like actor, wrestler. And I'm like, I don't know. I think wrestler should still be first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he's only yeah, in a few much. things, but I guess it, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. He did an episode as well. But. He, was in, he yeah. was in an episode of uh, Sunny in Philadelphia? Yeah, it was, it's a pretty good one. Yeah, it, actually, it's a, it's a really good one. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to check it out. Dude, they Live is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's solid. Mm-hmm. So, so good. I, I think the, my favorite part about Christine overall, though, just the idea of a car that comes to life. You got me sold. <laughs> I mean, I just, I don't yeah. know. Cars look like they have faces anyway. If you actually uh. 
I had this um 66 Dodge Seneca, which is a terrifying car. And um for some reason it wouldn't go above like 60 miles an hour unless I listened to Rob Zombie. <laughs> like white zombie, and then it would fly. It was so scary. Um yeah, so it really it really got into like industrial or anything <laughs> satanic. Like even like my life with the thrill kill cult would get it up a few MPH. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. so did you ever get pulled over in that car? Yeah, numerous times. Did and you, every time did I was like, well, you don't have your seatbelt on. And I was like, well, the car <laughs> wasn't built with seatbelts. <laughs> It so was, it was a sick ass car, actually. Did you tell the cop, "Sorry, I'll take the Rob Zombie out"? Yeah, Robert yeah. Next yeah. Time? Let me just put on some regular, non-fake <laughs> non satanic music. <laughs> it really got into fake satanic music. Is it okay if I listen to Roy Orbison? I mean, yeah, it, yeah. It, it liked that, I guess. Anyway, kind of go out <laughs> there. Absolutely hilarious. Did you ever think about making a movie about that car? A car that only gets speed no. after listening to Rob Zombie? I, I really liked that car, but my folks were like, this is when I lived in Muscatine. Uh, so it was after, after I had like dropped out of Hawk, or Muscatine Community College and I was just kind of like living at home. Um, and so I bought this car for like 600 bucks or whatever and it was like flat black and I thought it looked sick, but my fo my folks thought it did not. So my dad was like, you got to slap a paint job on that or something to like get it out or get it out of the driveway. And so I got it out of the driveway, you know, sad Great. story. Yeah. Oh, well, it also was, it took a, a quart of brake fluid every day. You just had to fill it and basically yeah. shoot it out the back every time you <laughs> stopped at the <laughs> stop sign. <laughs> It was an angsty car. My first car was a 1980 Chevy Citation. Oh, I love Citations. That's yeah, a it was, it was a great car. That's an ugly hatchback. It really is. It was brown, too. My grandma had one of those, and she had a bumper sticker that said, in case of rapture, this car will be unmanned. And I was like, <laughs> that's pretty fucking arrogant. Wow. <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, uh, Brian. You think, I think pretty highly of yourself, Grandma. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Brian, I think we're actually going to change the focus of this podcast on cars now. So. Yeah, we'll okay. be first car, right? <laughs> yeah, we're just going to start talking about antique cars. We'll have my dad on as a guest. Next there time. you go. <laughs> He'll talk about it. <laughs> um, what was your first car, Brian? We could... uh, I think it was a Buick Park Avenue, the blue one. 90s yeah. or 80s or what? 80s. Oh, yeah. Those yeah. are solid. Yeah, yeah. car. Yeah. God, I, I hate to be the boomer car guy, but man, car, old cars, antique cars are just still the most beautiful thing. Like they really are. I, I love yeah. antique cars. Yeah, the Park Avenue went from sort of like a small Cutlass Supreme style or Cutlass Sierra style, I think. And then mm -hmm. in the 90s, it turned into those, like an elliptical car, like a Taurus. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those are kind of rad now. At the time, I hated yeah. them. Bad. Yeah. Now I'm like, I don't know. Like I see these donks in my neighborhood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. It's at least they're doing something, you know. Anyway, I'm going so far off right now, guys. Sorry. <laughs> uh when they use like the suction, like pneumatic suck suction to suck that car in and then reverse <laughs> the film. And that's how mm -hmm. it like comes. Oh my God. 
it's so yeah. good looking. Now they would use yeah. CGI, and you'd be like, "Yeah, who gives a shit?" You know, like they literally imploded a car for this scene. So good. yeah, like one of the most terrifying scenes to me in that movie, like, is when he's that car is chasing down Buddy Rydell down that dark highway. Oh yeah, music playing is so creepy. Yeah, um, it's. Yeah, it's amazing how uh, and we've kind of talked about this before, Eric, how John mm -hmm. Carpenter was just able to evoke so much emotion and make you really think about being in the situation just with synthesizer. Oh, I mean, for sure. You know, I think that's why it works on sort of a physiological level, because it's like it literally sounds like having chills. That's uh, mm -hmm. pretty sick. So anyway. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Hey, Brian, uh, you want to, um, what is the main like differences? Because I've only, out of your three current projects, Endless Reach is the only one that I've actually heard. Mm -hmm. um, uh, what are, Musically, what's the differences between the three? Um, you know, like what is Lung Crusher kind of more metal or hive bodies or what? Are they kind of all maybe similar in some ways or? Um, no, they're all kind of different um hive bodies is more uh kind of like doom like cult mm -hmm. of luna style i don't know if you're familiar with cult of luna yeah. um and lung crusher is more it's right now it's more like uh russian circles um it's kind of ambient guitar kind of, we're still in the experimental stages of it sure so like more is is that going to be more instrumental then or I think so yeah lung cool. crusher is going to be more instrumental yeah said. so is Reganator playing bass then yep okay cool. yep I didn't know if he would be doing vocals or bass so that's cool yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I definitely can't wait to hear those yeah, uh, are there any sure. links for either of those projects yet or have you guys recorded anything yet or um, Hive Bodies has um, one track up on Bandcamp that Brian and I did, just guitar. It's mm -hmm. like a 25-minute drone track. Nice. Um, and that's that's it for that project. And Long Crush doesn't have anything yet. Okay. Well, um, I'm super excited to hear that. Yeah. So you were talking about um, this is uh, going to be exactly the topic that I, I want to change course and I want to talk about the nightclubs in the QC, uh, you know, off limits. <laughs> like, you know, because you mentioned that uh, you were never invited and you yeah. were really sad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Eric. Um, he sent me a, uh, Brian sent me a message. Okay. Uh, you remember the edge in Muscatine? I don't know. <laughs> okay. So the edge was a nightclub. <laughs> In, okay. uh, and then Off Limits was a, a nightclub, like a teen oh, nightclub. I know Off Limits. Yeah. Okay, you know Off Limits. Uh -huh. And uh, Brian, I'm sorry you were never invited. It was, yeah. a, it was a good time. This still hurts. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever go there? Did you ever listen to the Marilyn Manson like circles? They would always, it was like, there was always like a circle pit with like giant TVs and Orn and Manson playing on the TVs. Wow. Really? What are some of the influences that got you started in like heavy stuff? Like with Trendy Bastard, what led you to kind of start that? Um, 
think at the time I was listening to a lot of uh, Poison the Well. Like mm-hmm. that was a big influence and Converge mm-hmm. was another one. Um, but before that, like I was into, into new metal mm-hmm. a lot, like the Slipknot oh, era, yeah. like the first first Slipknot record. Nice. Yeah. Fear Factory. I love Fear you- Factory. Yeah. Did you say you like Fear Factory? I not? love them. I think oh, they're great. Yeah. Like, I loved the use of at least triggers. I mean, I don't think they use programmed beats, but it was so rigid. It just made it sort of heavy and it's in a totally different way than everything else. Plus the other, like there's, you know, two singers and the one guy, I think, or maybe he just does, does two styles, but when it goes into the high singing part, it's almost like a, like a Dorian scale. It's almost like he only has like five notes that he hits and it had mm-hmm. this weird middle Eastern feel to it because of that. I just mm-hmm. thought they were a real cool, interesting band that, left everyone else in the dust sort of you know yeah yeah they they uh there i didn't hear any other band like them in that mm-hmm. that genre at that time um i still listen to demanufacture oh yeah all the time <laughs> that's uh one of the new metal bands that i never got into how does new metal hold up to you as a whole right now brian like have you ever gone back to it like oh yeah all the time time yeah <laughs> Yeah. I'm still a dork when it comes to that. Yeah, same here. Like I actually listened to uh not that long ago, I actually listened to like the first couple of corn records and the first mm-hmm. Lip Biscuit record because mm-hmm. Spotify made me do it. I blame Spotify and the streaming services for that stuff. <laughs> you can't you can't put that on me. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Spotify. Uh, if it's there, right in my face, and I'm not supposed yeah. to do it, I'm going to do it. You know, It says <laughs> I have to listen to this today. <laughs> so I guess in that way, you are kind of a rebel for listening to Limp Bizkit. It makes you a badass. I actually listened to uh, Wes Borland's project. Uh, oh, Black Light. Dumb- no, Big Dumb Face. Oh, Big Dumb Face. I've that was awesome. That. that was good. Such a funny record. It was like it uh, kind of green jello-ish right a little bit or yeah. it was heavier though a little mm-hmm. yeah it was like green jello but there's parts of it that were really like ween too yeah yeah like a lot like ween uh, can we decide if something's like ween that we call it weenie instead of weenish <laughs> yeah that's what, that's <laughs> it was very weenie, weenie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little uh, weenie. i like that yeah i've Total. never actually listened to limp biscuit i've heard the singles or whatever is is the first record like should I check it out? Even well, just for reference? I mean. Uh, in my opinion, and I don't know, Brian, you may disagree with me. I think the first Limp Biscuit record was raw and heavy. And I, I mean, after the Limp Biscuit, the first Limp Biscuit record, I don't really like them, but I, I enjoyed it. Did you like the first Limp Biscuit record when it came out, Brian? I think I did. Um, I haven't heard it since probably. Hmm. Um yeah, I got into other bands at that time, so I kind of fell off the, the Limp Biscuit train there. I will say, if you don't like the rap metal side of new metal, mm-hmm. you're probably going to hate it because oh, that's okay. it's all over that. 
I mean, yeah. Fred Durst raps. I mean, I, I probably what's that one song? Psycho oh, female blowing up the phone lines. <laughs> what? It's, it's, it's really bad rapping. It really is. This I mean, whole section of this conversation was worth it just for you to do that. Dude. That was sick. I, the sad thing is there was a period of time where I could have rapped the whole album probably. I mean, seriously. Yeah. And then there was also, he references suicidal tendencies in the same song. He's like, oh, snap. All I wanted was a Pepsi, just one Pepsi far from suicidal. Anyway. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's I, enough to make me listen to it right there. Okay. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't I, care I, who it is. If Taylor Swift said something about Mike Muir or suicidal, <laughs> I'd be like, fuck, it's amazing. I don't know. Uh, oh, my God. Taylor, Taylor Swift, if you are listening to this podcast, please do. <laughs> It'll further your career and your fan base. Yeah, right. <laughs> or she could just start wearing like a bandana over her eyes, yes. you know? <laughs> A backwards red hat. Oh, my God. I, um, my whole life, I've wanted to start a suicidal cover band and play mm -hmm. Mike Mir because what a what yeah. a cool job. Just Definitely. hopping around, saying stuff in a really high, soft voice. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. Why is that the style? It's kind of like Snoop Dogg did the same thing. Like, if you were... It's like creepy if someone came up to you and they're just like, all right, yeah, let's get it going. You'd be like, what the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> You're going to sing for a heavy metal band in that voice? Jesus Christ. Oh, man, dude. Anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to okay. change my position, too. Yeah, you should definitely check out the first one. But it's your record. Okay. Based on that. Hell yeah. All right. Just based on, like, your reaction to everything right here i'm gonna say and you know what you should actually we should review it <laughs> oh, Christ. okay okay anyway we'll have brian back on for that review <laughs> <laughs> yeah brian you want to go ahead let's do it <laughs> sure it'll right. be fun really um, so um so is the new metal is what sort of got you into heavier music would you say and initially yeah. And then was there kind of a bridge group that got you into more hardcore or like Converge or? Yeah, I'd say Converge. Um, I kind of fell in, got into them late. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd say before that was probably Dillinger Escape Plan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. a great bridge group for yeah. definitely just about everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it was the first, Dillinger was the first thing I heard that was really extreme metal. And then, it, yeah, it kind of went to Converge from there stuff like that yeah would you say that those um the vocalists of those bands like you know you mentioned jacob bannon um and converge uh, would you say that really in, like influenced your vocal style like you know in trendy bastard and wax moth and the heavier bands that you fronted oh yeah definitely like just not necessarily like how he screams but um just like his stage presence was like I've never seen anyone like him, like the way that he is on stage. I've never seen anybody with that, that much energy. It's it's yeah. nice. Um, but like his vocal style is definitely like I appreciate it. And just his like his, his approach to hip to his art. Um I I don't know, I just find it fascinating. Like he's super talented. Yeah, uh when you started doing a palm to death horse, speaking of kind of the stuff that you mentioned, Jacob Bannon, I mean, he's definitely not just a vocalist because he also does the graphic design. Mm -hmm. 
group. I mean, all the art that you see on the covers of the album, he does all of that. And Kurt Ballow, the guitar, uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but the guitarist, he's the engineer. He records everything. Mm -hmm. So that is essentially like, to me, at least in the metal world or whatever you want to call it, uh, they're like the essential DIY band, basically. Right. And um, yeah. I noticed, you know, when you, after Trendy Bastard and you started Upon the Death Horns, you that's when you really got into like the projectors and stuff that you were talking about. And a lot of that stuff was, uh, or maybe all of it, I don't know. It was um, stuff you filmed that you put on the projector. Am I correct? Um, no, not with that. Not with that uh, project. Endless Reach, I have like the YouTube channel, all that stuff I filmed. But with Death Horse, I use silent films for that. Okay. Uh, what got you interested in bringing that element to the stage? Uh, starting with Upon the Death Horse, because I kind of feel like ever since Upon the Death Horse, um, at least with your own projects, there's always been that sort of, um, I guess, aesthetic applied to at least the live shows. So like I, I've noticed that you also seem to be really interested in visual elements to your, to your music as well. Uh, I mean, you mentioned John Carpenter. Right. Can't get much more visual than than that when applied to the music. Um, what kind of started your interest in pursuing something like that, especially coming from, you know, Trendy Bastard into that? Well, like I said, I've kind of been always been a fan of like horror films. It's just kind of something that I've always wanted to see live. Mm -hmm. I felt like a lot of music, if it had a video behind it, it would just make the experience that much more intense. For me personally, like, I feel like it just takes distract like attraction away from me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't focus on my terrible guitar playing. <laughs> focus on <laughs> on the film behind me. Yeah, kind of thing, and it kind of helped me play it a little bit better. I felt sure. so like so yeah. I, so I get pretty nervous mm -hmm. sometimes when I go to play. Yeah, do you um, sync it up with what you do, or you just kind of let it let it roll and do what you do? um beforehand i'll try to find a spot in the movie mm -hmm. and kind of time my set mm -hmm. and try to line it up a little bit i kind of do that yeah well, was there any one artist you would say like a musician that you saw kind of <clears throat> do that in a way that you wanted to see or do you kind of feel like you sort of what you did kind of the first time you saw it, like when you did it yourself? Um, I would say like what really got me into it was uh, the movie Dead Man. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jim sure. So, yes. Yeah. So there's a um, special mm -hmm. feature where Neil Young's playing mm -hmm. to scenes of Dead Man, that song that he plays throughout the whole movie. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what, what got me into it. Wow. That's wow. cool. Yeah. yeah that's um, is that on the DVD then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Wow. You said that was Neil Young playing to that? Yep. Yep. Awesome. You know, Neil Young is, uh, I feel, underrated sometimes when it comes to like sort of the more experimental weird mm -hmm. stuff that he does. I do too. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. He's like that album Trans. I don't know if you guys ever heard that one. Uh, no, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. It's a, a record that he made that was a, an electronic rock record. 
Hmm. It was inspired by kraut rock and craft work, mm -hmm. things like that. And the label told him, you need to make a rock record next, like a Neil Young sounding rock record, hmm. or else we're going to drop you. So he followed it up with a 50 style rock and roll album. <laughs> that sounded nothing like Neil Young. <laughs> and then they, uh, then he, after that, because I think he only had like three albums left. After that, he uh, gave them a country album, which they passed on. And then I think they finally were just like, you know what, screw it. We're not going to Let's just put it out and get it off the label. <laughs> and then when he got on a different label, he went back to the tr traditional Neil Young <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, I only knew he was weird because of the Devo stuff that he's done. He's done like he's a movie a called Human Highway that Devo's in. And oh. yeah, they do a, a cover of, I think, Satisfaction or something that's totally out of control. But hmm. that's what well, I was like. Oh, wait, what? Neil Young's weird? Like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm actually going to I'm going to kind of jumpstart the equipment question here a little bit, Eric. Cool. Uh, or the equipment conversation that I feel we're inevitably going to have here. Um, <laughs> so I I kind of talked to you a little bit about the sense that you do use in, mm -hmm. in reach and in your music and whatnot. Um, well, first of all, can you remind me what synth you do use? And also, um, and you might have already told me this, um, but what what got you interested in buying a synth in the first place? Uh, let's see, like a couple of years ago, there was a band called All Your Sisters. I don't mm -hmm. know if you've heard them or not. Mm -mm. I haven't. Uh, it kind of got me into like the the synthwave genre a little bit. I started listening to a lot more of it. So it kind of made me want to buy one. I've had synths before in the past. and I've had samplers. And then with uh, the pandemic, like I knew it'd be, be an easier route for me to just to get into that and be able to make a make a record with since i could do it by myself so that's kind of what got me into it were you always did you self-teach yourself to play guitar yes okay and were you always playing guitar even when you were in trendy bastard or is that something you picked up afterwards when you formed upon the death Wars? um i was kind of towards the end starting to learn how to play or teach myself how to play when Death Horse started, I'd only been playing for maybe a year. Yeah. That. So, yeah, it was towards the tail end of Trinity Bastard that I started playing. Sure. Does your music get a lot of approval from the bar crowd in Muscatine? <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't had too much experience with the bar crowd. I could probably uh, say that they wouldn't like it. <laughs> okay. Well, I was going to say, they do take a lot. I mean, I always hear from, like, that pawn shop owner that they pay, like, $1,000 a gig. Oh, sweet. <laughs> we should try it. Well, who pays $1,000? <laughs> oh, supposedly these bars in like Illinois. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I can bullshit for $1,000. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I would play like any amount of coverage you throw at me for $1,000. Like, I'm starting it today. If, 90s country cover band right now. Let's yeah, do exactly. It. Even if I don't know how to play anything, I'll lie and say that I do. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> Money up front. Yeah, <laughs> and then a four-hour noise yeah. performance, and yeah, which breaks. Well, guys, we're gonna take a little break. Make sure to run up to the bar, get a beer, tip your bartender, tip your waitress. Uh, thanks for coming out. Tonight. We'll be back in about thirty. Just gonna grab a drink, and uh, we'll be right back. And then you get back. Just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
That'd be I good. would also <laughs> just gonna do a cover of Sun. You want to? you all said you're a cover band. We are. <laughs> you wanted a cover band? You got a cover band. <laughs> this one's called Air Conditioner Outside of Ace Hardware. <laughs> one of my faves. Actually, it would be dope if you just requested an air conditioner and you just mic, <laughs> yeah, and that was just, that was the band. <laughs> like a loud, or like a generator running or something. This one's called Airless Sprayer at Han. <laughs> you yeah. still work at Han, don't you, Brian? Yes, I do. I remember when I used to job coach at All Steel. I remember like there was one area where it was just like, yeah. Like I mean, I don't know what they were doing, but it, I, it was music to my ears. Man. Like, I, I was this just like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. Sorry. Guys. Do you find any inspiration in in mechanical sound? Right? No, seriously. I, I mean, I oh, do. Yeah, no. I really do. I, I work. Yeah, there's definitely like places. So yeah. there's there's definitely uh, some machines that go off that definitely you could find rhythm from. Mm-hmm. I'd like to just go in and mic a bunch of them. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Try to reverb all the way up. Just like record it. What? Um, yeah. yeah. Who's that one guy that that does that? Actually, he like makes like his own instruments out of machines. Um, like uh, he's on relapse. He's author a, he, and Punisher. Yeah, author and Punisher. Yeah, you ever heard of that, Eric? No, I haven't. Uh-uh. He actually Pretty makes good. his own instruments. Like, and they're. I mean, his, his stage setup looks like a workroom at Han. Mm, nice. Like, or like a department at Han, it's crazy. And yeah, he makes like his own out of industrial equipment. So he's like wow. the real industrial. And I think he's kind of like the captured by robots guy where it's like, he's also the road crew. So it's yeah. like- Oh, so know, he takes it out, sets up the machines. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know, maybe maybe by now. I mean, he's open for tool at this point. Maybe by now he's actually got road crew that, but I think at one time to get started, you always have to be your own roadie, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unless he hired somebody right away. Hey, uh, you know, I'm looking for guys to, you know, carry like a bunch of machines across yeah, the Yeah, that's a terrible idea, though. It's like, it's like, oh, these amps aren't quite heavy enough. Let's gra- bring a drill press. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I can't even imagine. You need like a hydraulic lift to get it on stage. Yeah, that would be crazy. He brings Are you forklift certified? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> on your rider. <laughs> what do you need? Well, some LaCroix, a forklift. <laughs> That'd be funny if he like tours in a forklift. So he has to take 28 days to get Because that's how long uh, it would take in forklifts. Forklifts don't go that fast, do they? No, they probably shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, if it does, then it definitely shouldn't. That's yeah, sure. I've seen them go pretty fast. I would clearly be the unsafest person in an industrial setting. That is why I avoid <laughs> doing retail and janitorial work. That's why you don't even play industrial music. That's someone's true. gonna get hurt. <laughs> someone's gonna get hurt. If I played industrial music, the audience would be carried out on stretchers. Mm. Wow, <laughs> that's, that's why I play pop music. <laughs> uh, oh, people get carried on on stretchers but for different reasons <laughs> <laughs> it might be 
<laughs> one show you get a metal sliver in your eye the other one you just get too hot yeah <laughs> or something i don't know are you a fan I... of industrial music brian yes i am yeah 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 i heard you mention that you worked with kevin hansen earlier so yeah i didn't know if I'm sure he brought the industrial. That's kind of what oh, he, yeah, he does. Sure. So yeah, that's awesome. Who are some groups old or new that you you really like in that genre? Uh, ministry. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, they're like the first one I ever heard. Mm -hmm. I heard them before I heard Nine Inch Nails, actually. Which you figure like Nine Inch Nails, I would have heard them first because they uh, were pretty popular at the time. Mm -hmm. but yeah ministry was the first one i heard yeah, yeah. And i'd say like the skinny puppy mm -hmm. the process that, oh hell yeah i like that one a lot and uh god flesh mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. nice yeah are you a fan of the cleanse fold and manipulate record by skinny puppy it's an older one than the process um i don't know if i've heard that one oh. it has a lot of samples from like texas chainsaw massacre part two um and stuff like that so that's always good um, i think i would like it <laughs> yeah I, I i i adore skinny puppy so yeah yes i the only one i've ever heard is too dark part it's also good yeah yeah i don't Definitely. i don't really know of a bad one to be honest they do what they do you know actually yeah. if you don't like them every one of them is terrible <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're not one of those bands people are like oh, I, guess, I don't know they're okay nah no they're terrible or they're awesome <laughs> <laughs> no metal ground at all mm -mm. um so are there going to be any recordings coming out anytime soon with um uh hive bodies and lung crusher um hive bodies is taking a break um and then lung crusher is kind of going slow at the moment too kind of not doing anything until probably after october yeah but um endless reach i'm planning on releasing a record next year at some point in time will those include the singles that you've also been putting out or are those it's just things be you wanted to get out cool yeah because those are great track. too so yeah. yeah thanks yeah yeah i think uh the plan is to do like another like friends of horror record mm -hmm. uh it's gonna be called friends and horrifying times hmm what it's going to be called um yeah just dedicate more tracks to friends that's so cool i love the, yeah. the names the titles are so funny yeah. <laughs> oh, great you yeah are. i felt like i felt like uh since like everyone was locked down in pandemic in the pandemic like that we all just wanted to see each other yeah so it was my way of saying hey i'm still here like <laughs> this right. is for you yeah this just crappy horror theme songs for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's so nice though seriously it's so nice i love yeah, it yeah awesome absolutely it surprised the hell out of me i mean i didn't even you know until you mentioned endless reach honestly um i'm so glad you did too because mm -hmm. i i feel like i never would have discovered it you know <sighs> what i mean i'm so glad you did because it surprised the hell out of me like i i loved it yeah. No, thanks, man. I'm happy that someone likes it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's so good. As soon as it started, I was like, oh, shit, this is something I like. You know, like, it's not like I didn't want to, but it's one of those things. It's like, you're, you're almost surprised. 
Does that make any sense? Like Dan yeah. and I listen to a lot of music and a lot of times I'm finding things to say that are positive about it, you know? Right. And this, you know, it's really cool when you hear something you're like, oh shit, I don't have to put any effort into this at all. I just love it, you know? <laughs> it doesn't happen that often for me. I, I think it's because I'm an elitist prick mostly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have the same, I have the same issue. Like I listen to something like, <laughs> yeah. I'm oh, this was sick till the vocals came in, or you know, like <laughs> till they made that terrible choice, or or they edit it like uh, like an old MTV show, you know, like or some like in a horror movie when something jittery runs fast at the camera. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. off! Why'd you do it? You know. Anyway, <laughs> um, I don't know. Do you you got any questions for Brian on uh, how about equipment, yeah, Eric? For sure. Well. Like I was saying, it's funny because uh, after we did the review, Brian actually sent me pretty much his whole list, um, which is awesome. There's some good stuff. The MicroKorg XL. Mm -hmm. um, I love the MicroKorg. I've never used the XL, but I think uh, the MicroKorg, in my opinion, suffered from not having everything just on, like having a tactile... Um, interaction with it it was a lot of menu diving and i don't know if the xl was the same way they're super powerful since but a lot of people didn't use them to their potential because they couldn't or didn't want to sit there and scroll through what do you think of that brian do you have is the xl different than that or is it sort of the same um the xl is different than the than the original okay. uh, the xl has got a lot of presets in it and it's a lot okay. easier to navigate nice um like I have a, a Behringer synth too, and that that one's way too complicated for me. Which, <laughs> I need, which synth I need is that? The Behringer. Um, yeah, I can't think of the name of it right now. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, there's no presets on it, mm -hmm. and it's very touchy. Mm. And yeah, it's way too complicated for me. <laughs> well, and and like you said when I asked you about it, um, you said they use the Microcorg XL through pedals, and I've always yep. found that the microcore is a super nice platform for that because the sounds are cool and you do have enough control on the fly to kind of change them up, but running them through, it's just nice synth sounds for, you know, to build on. So um, right. use a lot of uh, like dirt pedals with that, with the synth, or is it mostly delays and reverbs and things like uh, that? Yeah. A lot of delay, a lot of reverb. Um, freeze pedal the loop pedal um and just building sound after sound after sound yeah nice and, and you also said you use a moog uh app is that the mini moog app that they came out with or yeah yeah they during the pandemic they mm -hmm. released their app that was free for yeah users. i remember so that that was cool i took advantage of that <laughs> do you use that mostly for leads or for foundational things or just whatever foundational things cool yeah. yep and then other than that i use the moog theremin i have an electric theremin is it the uh theremini yep theremini. yeah that's really cool did it take you a long time to dial that in yeah it's it it was kind of weird at first and then i'm like oh i could see if i could run this through pedals too oh I for sure that yeah, yeah. That's hey Brian, awesome. on the tracks on the tracks that you um <clears throat> have drums, are those all programmed drums? Yep. 
Yep. Are they um, analog on analog drum machines, or are they through like digital? That's that's through the app. Okay. Yep. Curiosity: What app do you generally use for programmed drums? Uh, GarageBand. Okay, you use GarageBand. Okay, cool. Some of those drum sounds I thought were really, really cool. Also. Yeah, those were a pain. (laughs) Yeah. They they definitely can be. I still, I actually still use strictly analog. uh, My DR eight eighty, which you know came out in two thousand and eight, and I still for whatever reason, can't wrap my head around uh, digital audio workstation drums yeah. at all. Yeah. And they should be, logically, they should be easier, I would think. Yeah, you would think but, so. <laughs> yeah, but, and, and everyone says they are. They should be easier, but... Yeah, I, yeah, like, I was explaining to Eric, like, it's very con- very convenient to use the GarageBand app, but it's also <laughs> really inconvenient at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I could definitely yeah. see that. I've never actually used GarageBand, but it's I would fun. like it someday. Yeah. I've heard that it's really, really, really cool. Um, yeah. I have a M Audio uh, MIDI that I use with it, so it makes it easier. Are you ever planning on taking Endless Reach to a live setting? Um, I'd like to eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you get it up and running, definitely let me know, because I would, I would love to get something together do some shows i don't know yeah that'd be fun i don't know i don't really do a lot of um that kind of stuff that i release to the public or anything but i right. at home that's about all i do is synth out hard nonstop. stop yeah. and yeah. Uh, so I, I think that'd be a lot of fun because i like noise as much as the next person but mm-hmm. you know sometimes when you have four or five projects on one show and they're all just noise and either ambient or harsh noise it's kind of like okay you know like it's like dang i shouldn't have quit smoking because i could i would go out i would go outside right now you know the um... not to be rude but like even just adding a drum machine or a drum beat or a live element to it or even just calming it down and making it kind of creepy or just mm-hmm. a different vibe in general is always in my opinion welcome so i would love to put some stuff together you know yeah, what's, that'd be fun. what's interesting about that is every band i've been in has at least once or twice been involved in a show where we were the token like band hmm. and then every other act was either a noise act or a you know what i mean yeah like a, some sort of ambient project or whatever it's always interesting to be the token rock band. They're more scared and intolerant of the rock band at those shows. Yeah. It's really interesting. <laughs> Sweep yeah. the filter, you posers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> what are you gonna- I, I have a love-hate relationship with noise music, as you can tell. Yeah, it's... Well, I mean, I, I think it's hard not to have a love-hate... I, I don't believe yeah. anybody... It says they're completely in love with noise music, but that's just me. That's just me. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming everybody thinks like me. <laughs> hey, uh, that New York hardcore thing that you were talking about. Uh, if you do oh. play live, you are going to have that on the amps, right? New York hardcore. This, this yeah. thing here? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, Snake Plissken. So, nice. like, you're <laughs> going to see it. He's <laughs> kind of in the shadow. Now I see it. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> before you go into like you know 
synth wave track, you are going to encourage like like pits. Yes. Like, <laughs> I've always, yeah. I, I still find it funny, and I don't know if it's funny, but in my mind it is when people play acoustic shows and encourage mosh pits and things like that. <laughs> I've never experienced that. Wow. I've tried to experience it, but nobody <laughs> does it when I request it. I see. You know, so you're talking about you. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, 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 no. at a coffee shop, I tried to fucking understand <laughs> up. And, Let's open up this fucking pit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and they just kick me out. It's bullshit. <laughs> just try to make it the most orderly pit possible. <laughs> Single file. Yeah. yeah. We'll call your name on your pits ready. Straight line. <laughs> yeah. Alphabetical order. Yeah. Pass out papers with instructions. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the best way to do it. But safe. We're going to play it safe. Um, I was going to ask, Brian. Um, yes. I have a hard time finding modern horror that I like. Right. Do you have any? I mean, I loved the ones that bubbled up to the surface that are cool, like The Witch and Heredity and Midsummer and stuff. Do you have any new movie recommendations for me? Oh, man. <laughs> I know over the wintertime, others bunch that i was watching hmm. that i cannot remember the name of it now gotcha <laughs> um, one that sticks out to me is called the shed okay um that one's pretty good and oh summer of 84 this one is kind of loosely based on the johnny gosh story really they don't like go out and say that it's based off that mm -hmm but it is <laughs> wow all right summer Check 84 that out too. nice but, i'm always wait. looking so it's loosely based uh, real quick though I, I gotta ask a question about that do, do they indicate at all that it's based on the Donny gosh story like does it yeah, they don't it, go out and, yeah they don't go out and say it okay but, but like it, okay all right interesting I'm, I'm gonna have to check that out because the whole johnny gosh thing is very disturbing and terrifying but interesting yes. yeah yeah and that that movie has an awesome soundtrack too okay uh, cool um, Is that a recent, uh, that's a recent one yeah that came out a few years ago okay um yeah anything within five years i still consider recent so. yeah for yeah, sure <laughs> definitely um, i don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie turbo kid no but i love that name no Oh yeah. Anyways, this the same people that made that movie. Okay. Do they play uh, the Judith Priest song Turbo during it? Turbo Lover. Yeah. Turbo. No. No. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm gonna have to pass on it, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, let's see. You had me at Turbo. Yeah. You took me away from not having Turbo Lover. <laughs> okay. So. Um. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what other ones that I recently saw. Um, uh, Wolf Cop. Oh yeah, well, that sounds awesome. Have you ever yeah, seen I that? did. I did start that one. I'll finish it. I think the other one was Hunter Hunter. Hmm. No, I didn't see that either. Dang. Um, nice. I think that's the name of it. I could be totally wrong. Okay. All right. We yeah. got awesome. some, so many the movies to watch. Nice. Yeah. There's one that always looked interesting to me. Uh, back when Family Video. Was hell. I think even 
this dates back. So this isn't too recent because I think this even dates back to when Blockbuster was still in town called uh, Bloody Murder. Mm, you guys never heard of that, that one? The uh, cover of it looked like a very, like, just generic, the most generic version of Jason you could possibly see. It's like an overweight generic Jason with a, okay. I mean, he's got a chainsaw on everything. It's, it totally looks like they ripped off, <laughs> like, Jason, but anyway, Wait, then. He has a, a hockey mask and a chainsaw? Yeah, he's got, like, a oh, hockey no. mask type thing or a mask. I just remember, like, me and my friend Josh would, Every time we went into Blockbuster or Family Video and saw this, I had to be like, hey, you know what we could rent? And then I'd point to it and be like, bloody murder, like super loud. And uh, But you never did. We never did because he would wow. start laughing and walk away. And he would never, he would just be like, he, he thought I was joking. And I was like, being serious. <laughs> There's and nothing then, funny uh, about bloody murder, bud. Yeah, and, then, <laughs> and, then a few, and then a few years later, they there was another movie that came out and it was called bloody murder Two. There's, it, there's a sequel made to it as well. So wow. have, I you don't know. Seen, have you guys seen rubber? No. Oh yeah. Yeah. I did see rubber. I've heard the of tire. It. It's crazy. Yeah, it's this tire that just like, expand, or just basically like goes after people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's freaking, it's crazy. I, I think it might still be on Netflix. Huh. All right. Well, uh, there's another one, Bloodline, I think it was called. It's got Sean William Scott in it, where he's a serial killer. Oh, I don't know that one. Yeah, he uh, he does a really good job. Nice. Like, uh, yeah, there's that really one good. I told you about on uh, on Netflix, Eric. I don't know if you heard of this one, Brian. It's very campy, very cheesy, but it, in my opinion, kind of cheesy in a good way, at least for modern horror, The Babysitter. Oh, I think I have seen that. Yeah, it's... I think it's 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 a kind of a cheesy campy. It's not a good movie, but it's it's kind of in my opinion it's one of those so bad it's good kind of movies, you know. It's a new, a new movie you said? Newer. Yeah, movie. I think it okay. came out well, there's two of them. There's The Babysitter and then there's The Babysitter. I think it's Killer Queen, the sequel that came out in like 2020. Huh. Okay. Uh but then the first one I think came out in 2018 or something. Nice. They're both on Netflix and I mean I recommend them if like if if you're sitting around uh during the afternoon and there's nothing else to do like all these other movies that were recommended i would say are probably better than it probably <laughs> but i don't know for sure especially yeah. rubber rubber should be at the top of your list <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll check it out sounds good uh, <laughs> killing of a sacred deer it's got sounds colin good. farrell in it okay oh, okay um, it's basically like an homage to like stanley kubrick films to oh me. really okay yeah it's it's pretty terrifying it's like a it's like a psychological thriller nice any good comedies guys hmm happy gilmore yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, the the most iconic part of that movie is when he hits the nose of that clown with the golf club <laughs> gotta get it clown <laughs> One that I found to be sort of horror and comedy, but not really a comedy horror, just real, real strange, was uh, The Evening with Beverly Luff Lynn. It's the guy who did The Greasy Strangler, um, which <laughs> I is... always love. Have um, you ever seen that, Brian? 
No. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird it's, as hell. <laughs> it's yeah. It's like, I. That's all I have to say about it. I don't know. Weird as I recommend it if you're into just like weird movies, and I almost want to like spoil parts of it because, but I won't do it. Out yeah. of respect, Eric. <laughs> Uh, the greasy just, strangler. Okay. I, I believe the full movie is actually uploaded to YouTube, so I believe you can watch it. It's fantastic. Well, I'm not going to say it's fantastic. It's um, if, you, if you like really terrible, stupid things, it's yeah, amazing. It's, it's one of it's the best movies I've ever seen. It's a terrible, stupid thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. I recommend it, Brian. I, I recommend uh, that terrible, stupid thing. <laughs> I recommend all terrible, stupid things. Yeah, definitely. I don't have time for good yeah. things. I Who love terrible, stupid Someone things. set out to make something good and they did it? Wow. <laughs> Exciting. Yeah. Well, if it's terrible and stupid, I'll probably like it. <laughs> have either of you seen Bill and Ted face the music? Yeah, I saw that. Is yeah. it any good? Is it worth it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I know. Love- to this day, I love Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey both. I don't know. I have no idea. It was okay. I watched it, and I, I didn't hate myself for having watched it. Yeah. You know. Okay. That's, That's about, as, yeah, <laughs> about I'm, as positive I'm as I can be. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. yeah. All right, folks. You can still uh, catch us on uh, the social medias. Um, <laughs> On, uh, well, uh, two social medias anyway, the Accelerative Thrust at the Instagram and uh, the Accelerative Thrust at the Facebook. Yeah. And Endless Reach is on Spotify and right. YouTube. There's a YouTube channel. And yeah, a lot of really great. Pandora. Is that Pandora. also on Bandcamp? Uh, not yet. No, but uh, another. It's also on iTunes. Oh, on iTunes. Cool. Yeah. And then we can find one track from Hive Bodies on Bandcamp as well, you said? Yep. Also, if you want to hear Trendy Bastard, there's some stuff on YouTube and upon the Death Force, too. Nice. Yep. And Wax Moth. Yeah. Go through Brian's entire history. It's all out there. (laughs) It's all out there for you to see and hear and experience. I believe that that video for I... What is it? The Tony Hawk. What's it called again? Uh, I started skating started when Tony, skating Hawk, came Tony out. Hawk came out. Yeah, when mm-hmm. Tony Hawk came out. <laughs> that was a nice. trendy bastard video. Oh, I'm going to have to check that out. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Um, <laughs> any last words, Brian? Uh, thanks for having me on. This is fun. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This was fantastic. Um, folks, we will, uh, well, not see you, uh, but we will. Well, not even hear you. No, we don't know if anyone else even exists. We might be the last three people on earth right now. (laughs) Have a good, uh, have a good one, everybody. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Bye, y'all. Thank you. Bye. Gotta get it.